Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. How are you? Yeah, it sucks. What sucks? Yeah, daylight saving time. <sighs> sure. It's really stupid, right? Yeah. What do we need it for? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Huh. <laughs> Isn't someone getting rid of daylight savings time? I think Ed Markey is talking about it. Mm. Uh, which... He says we should make it permanent, whereas I argue that standard time should be the correct time because it's called standard time. (laughs) And also it lets me sleep in an extra hour, and I understand that doesn't objectively matter at all, but yeah, it's the better time. Yeah, I agree. Hello. Hello, Steve's here. Here, finally. Just complaining about daylight savings. Saving. Yes, I know. I said saving because I also watch the same media that you do. It's useless. I'm not quite sure why it exists. Nobody does. And everybody says it wrong. I can tell you why it doesn't exist. And that is, it has nothing to do with farmers. And if anyone tells you it does, you call them a liar. Wasn't it? I heard it was something to do with either candy or... What? Golfers. Uh, I did neither, but I'm fascinated by what you. Uh, well, there was there was I heard they're more like rumors, but I heard that there was a push by candy manufacturers to make it so that the sun went down earlier before Halloween. Doubt it. To get more hours for the kids to go out trick or treating. One, I doubt that. Until I'm not even sure if that works out. And the, the golfers' thing is to give them an hour in the morning longer. I do remember arguing with my friends as a kid back before they decided to push the return of God's time back another like couple of weeks. So daylight saving time actually did generally start Halloween weekend-ish. And I do remember consistently getting into arguments with my friends trick-or-treating where they're like, we'll meet at this time. And they were like, where are you? And I'm like, it's not that time yet. If we switch clocks, you fucking heathen. <laughs> or, or maybe it was that the lobbying was for to get the date switched to a certain date because it hasn't remained the same all the time. Well, yeah, no. I mean, when I was a kid, it was generally uh, late October. It was the uh, switchback. And now it's definitely into November. So, yeah, that's uh, within our lifetimes. I think it has to do with World War II rationing. Most horrible things do. I think I would have been good at rationing. Why do you say that, Bunny? Because I uh, enjoy impulsively dividing up my meager means <laughs> to last me longer. 
I like putting vegetables in jars of salted water, so I think you I do might. like that. I'm a little bit into, you know, freeze drying things and a little bit of light canning. I don't think they had freeze dryers back in well olden times. Not freeze dryers, but dry whatever sun, you know. Oh, okay. It's drying it out. I'm drying it out. Is what I'm referring. I would have. I would have definitely enjoyed a war effort garden. Oh yeah, that sounds lovely. Like the war garden was, or was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Ooh, called war garden. You know garden, what I would right? have liked to do? I would have liked to be like, you know, like ten <laughs> with a bunch of my young friends going around for a scrap drive. That sounds. Fun. <laughs> it's like trick or treating, but for bits of metal. <laughs> Yeah, it would have yeah. been Turbo Kid. Yeah, well, like Turbo Kid, except it's the 1940s. Yeah. And we all talk funny. Or do we talk real cool? We all talk old-timey, but as we call it, normal. <laughs> We're like, hey, toots. Hey, toots, it was International Dames Day. Yeah, and it would be the bee's knees if I could get that tin can that contained disgusting brown spinach from you. Did you do anything for International Women's Day? Nope. Uh, It was directed at Bunny. Yeah, (laughs) but I didn't either. Yeah. No, no, I did not. I did joke that I like to wait to celebrate Galactic Femmes Day. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Women's Day. Which Women's Day? Isn't there a second Women's Day? No, there's one, and it was, in fact, founded by the uh, Soviet Union as International Working Women's Day. It was adopted and then changed by the UN. But, yeah, no, it's not like Labor Day versus May Day. There's only one of them. Yeah. My, my, my favorite International Women's Day story is last year, and I might have told this last year, because we're on our year cycle now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we should do a we should do a hard pivot into something else super weird and just be like season two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mansplaining International Women's Day to Bunny. Well, this is the last movie we saw in theaters before the shutdown, which isn't to say we didn't see movies and places that they're open but uh we saw a portrait of a lady on fire on international women's day which got all of the requirements it was a lesbian movie from france Mm. so it was both international and only women were cast there was maybe one man who was on screen for like 30 seconds but uh my favorite part of that is as i was walking out of the theater I turned over and there was a woman who was laying, staring up at the ceiling on her movie seat, just crying. <laughs> okay. Just, she, on- just, she might have been on some type of ecstasy, but it seemed more like she was triggered by the, I guess, harrowing tale of the heroines, you know, keeping their sexuality yeah, uh, and their relationship before. a secret. But she was just laying flat down on the movie seat, just bawling her eyes out at the end. And I was like, International Women's Day. Yeah, that's some like fucking 90s Lilith Fair shit right there. Yeah. I want to have a movie with an all-female cast that nonetheless 
fails the Bechdel test. <laughs> they just talk about men the whole time? Yeah, every conversation is about men, and also half the cast is unnamed. Oh, you could just call it Bechdel's test, because it's a guy guy's test, right? Oh, yeah, no, that could work. Yeah, no, yeah, we could just it's make it a It's not a guy's test. It'll be a statement. Test. Well, wasn't uh, Bechdel... No. Bechdel no, was a woman. A woman... A she was like a she yeah she She's was like a lesbian a, comic artist in the nineties. Yeah. See, ruining my joke. <laughs> no, I mean, Real. no, I mean it's all like from the era of like riot girls. Yeah, <laughs> riot girls. You know, you 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 do lesbian shit. You'd play some uh, r- roller derby. You'd um, put on some Birkenstocks, play some acoustic guitar, sing songs about your period. It was a thing. Watch some Daria or Daria. Daria? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, okay, I pronounce it Daria and I pronounce it Mario and I will not be told differently. Uh, Daria and Mario? Yeah. Am I getting that correct? I know there is a quirk of the South Jersey accent that does that with the A's. I'm not sure if I'm doing it correctly or the opposite, but uh, that's what I always call it. It's my native tongue, Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. Super Mario sounds right. It sounds like it's okay. Super Mario Brothers. But Daria does not. It was the 90s. Uh, you know, I went over to my buddy's house. We played some uh, Super Mario World. Uh, and then his older sister kicked us off to uh, turn it on MTV and watch some Daria. <laughs> and sing some Alanis la, la, Morissette. La, la. Alanis Morissette, or however I imagine you pronounce it. Alanis. Alanis? Alanis. No, it's, no, that's like how my grandfather used to pronounce Atlantic City. It's just called Atlantic. What's going on? Oh, well, guys, did you did you see Trump's lost weight? Oh, yeah. No, what? he looks sickly. What? Yeah. I need a picture. Yeah. Somebody. I mean, he lost weight in the same way that, like, someone with cancer loses weight. What? Yeah, and they're like, he looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to spin it. All right, yeah. I'm looking for a picture. It's like how Auschwitz was really a diet camp, if you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Did he lose weight? I don't know. He looks gone. Yeah, he's definitely lost. Okay, yeah, the the definitely in the jowls area, you can see In the belly. In the belly. Good for him. Seems like he's got his Fitbit going. Yeah, living his best life, dude. Yeah, but all the people who love Trump, they all are like, he looks fantastic. He looks fantastic, and liberals are scared. He looks even more like a dinosaur here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more like someone that's transforming into a dinosaur. And I think he should lean into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it actually kind of sounds like you're making reference to the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> when are we not? Oh my god, this picture. Holy shit, that's bad. Right. Yeah, no, he looks sickly. <laughs> he looks like clumps of hair fell off his head. I'm just I'm sending you the picture. I'm sure you've seen it, but Yeah, I mean that's um it's so bad it makes me sad. <laughs> Like, uh, no, I, I, I'm not sad because, like, I don't care about people I disagree with. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, it's like the sort of picture where if you saw your grandfather for the first time in like a month and a half and he suddenly looked like that and you'd tell him he looks good, but then you'd be worried. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having bouts of nostalgia recently over that one week period when he caught COVID in between him catching COVID and coming out of the helicopter all roided out Mm -hmm. with his eyes like black, like he got predatored. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ah, man, that was some good content. Now he's all like cancerous. Yeah. You know, all we're getting from the new administration is slow motion videos of them walking. So it's like a, an epidemic amount of them. <laughs> Didn't Biden do a speech, a celebration yeah, speech? Uh, just a speech about the American rescue plan that he did sign. And if you qualify, you should get some money this week if you haven't already. But have yeah. You? Uh no, I'm supposed to Wednesday. I have not and I'm also not showing up on that fucking uh, IRS website and I'm fucking pissed cuz I also didn't get my 6. So, it took, yeah. It took me about 2 months to get my 600. Never got my 6. I got my 12 and I got fuck all since then. I am pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Man, you want to get those? Well, now it's G bucks. Uh, I don't, you know, understand hip hop. No, G <laughs> G bucks because Joe Biden is in the pocket of Comrade G. Oh, okay. I suppose we're getting the those commie Chinese communist dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Bunny, you had a lot. Let's hear the weekly Jokerfication. Rant. You have one. I know. I've heard it. I've seen it. I've smelt it. Hit me with it. So Elon Omar is proposing let's cancel all rent payments until next year. Mm. Right. It's bold. It's the kind of pushing thing that I like in theory. But what I'm jokerified about is that in the replies to her announcing this, several dozens of people just by first glance are like, actually, I love paying rent. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think think it would be fair for me to live anywhere for free. Oh Um, my God. Which which is, okay, if you feel that way, you could pay rent anyway. If this were to pass, you could choose because you love it so much that you're going to go ahead and pay rent anyway but uh yes that is what has me jokerified because this is a real block to some organizing that could be happening because you've got people who are rent burdened but who are like this is how it should be <laughs> like you know or maybe like they're just being really myopic and their particular landlord is really nice in comparison to a really shitty one it's, it's maddening though just because i i can just smell it on these people that several of these people are not doing okay it's not as if they're easily i mean several of them are so they can easily pay their rent or, you know, figure it out. And they can't actually relate to someone who is 
figuring out what the least detrimental bill to go late on is. <laughs> mm. You know, that is the reality that people are facing. And that's why I'm saying I appreciate the posturing even of it by Elon Omar just to even to say like cancel rent for this long like outright as even an idea that's in the stratosphere I do appreciate that about that but I'm just like oh my god how could something like this even pass when so many people are like no I it's people are horny for suffering their own suffering the perceived suffering of others they want people who they think are bad and stupid and lazy to be punished and that need like supersedes a common sense approach to uh, a crisis that looming should things get to somewhere closer to normal with a lot of vaccinations happening right uh we're looking at a huge eviction crisis mm -hmm. in the country so even though people are reacting to it very dramatically, what Omar's proposing is kind of a common sense idea about how to minimize, you know, it's not even that progressive. It's a harm reduction situation. That reminds me, I saw a New York Post article, the greatest newspaper of all time, <laughs> with a story about a landlord who had a tenant that owed $14,000 in uh, back rent, but lost her case because of the eviction moratorium. And that landlord is sleeping in her car. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, no. And there's this yeah, real boy. sob story, a picture of her in her car <laughs> and the tenant who's like living her best life. Yeah, I hope she's doing good. Good for her. Yeah, it's great. Good for her. Yeah, so that's my jokerfication of the week. I did have kind of a fun thing pop up early in the week for me personally. A bit of my Themilis family lore has been at the bar. Oh, are you part Native American? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, my family is part of the history of a, <laughs> of a Native American community in Baltimore. So it's been family what? lore. Okay. Um, All right. You're Elizabeth warning out. Yeah. No, I said that as an absolute joke. Are you actually part Native American? No. What I am clarifying is that the bar my grandparents ran in Baltimore was a fixture, a hot spot for the Lumbee Indians of the oh. area. So All right, then. we were contacted about 18 months ago by a historian who is writing about this community and this time period. And my grandparents' bar, the volcano, was uh, also once reported to be the meanest of the mean Indian <laughs> bars. It was considered the meanest bar in Baltimore and finally found the article or a uh, whatever, a microfiche of it from 1978 uh, that's talking about it being the meanest bar, the meanest of the mean <laughs> Indian bars where someone was shot off their bar stool with a bow and arrow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a, so I've been told this story like a bazillion times growing up. Oh, the bar. Yayam Babu ran. It was like really rough. And, but all the Lumbee Indians hung out there. And one time somebody got shot with a bow and arrow. 
So like I've heard this a bunch growing up, but so it was nice to get this <laughs> confirmation of the news story that it was uh, the meanest of the mean of the bars and that um, it was indeed Lumbee Indian hotspot and that somebody was uh, in fact shot off a bar stool with a bow and arrow. A sort of well-known Lumbee boxer uh, was one of the bouncers at the volcano. And my dad Burn. remembers him from growing up. <laughs> so that was like kind of a fun thing to get confirmation on because, of course, I take family stories with, you know, at least a sliver of skepticism uh, of whether the funny or exciting parts truly happened that way. So uh, <laughs> I, was, I was glad it wasn't just some weird um, apocryphal story about the bow and arrow yeah no it does sound like a thing old people would make up yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it it an indian bar they uh shot someone with a bow and arrow uh-huh. So, uh, David Simon, let me write that pilot, huh? Let's <laughs> <laughs> do a Baltimore period piece. Anyway, but yes, that was that was kind of a cool thing. Oh, that was your B-more fit? Okay. I, I kind of assumed it was the Canadian side. But, oh, no, uh, no, no. This is a, no. So it's my Greek grandparents. <laughs> um, which word. is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's kind of a cool, um, outsiders outside community aspect uh that's pretty baltimore specific which i'm not joking david simon we could make it work yeah and apparently uh this historian from uh university of maryland is writing a whole thing about this community apparently they migrated from north carolina in the 30s in a big chunk to the baltimore area and uh, we're an active and visible Native American community for like 35 years. Now they've since sort of dispersed into, I don't know, suburbia, I guess. <laughs> that sounds uh, but, like yeah. a very weird form of genocide denial. Uh, Where did all the Native Americans go? Oh, uh, suburbia, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like yes, no, them being around in the 70s the, and the 80s. Specific they, ones just in not as... Baltimore. Yes, yeah. I understand. <laughs> but still. That was kind of cool. Um, I'm they always... all went to suburbia. Yeah, I'm always down for somebody to find something at a library on microfiche. That's always a very satisfying conclusion to any um, story for me. So that was fun. Um, it's the Ides of March tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Happy Pi Day, everyone. Yeah, um, it is Pi Day. Well, yeah, that's, that I guess we have. We have the the Vouch. Yeah, whatever, Vouch. Um well, Steve, about Marxism, yes, Steve, Leninism. Uh, what was his thesis that um, it doesn't exist? Marxism, Leninism doesn't exist because Joseph Stalin made it up. And I took quotes of his. And the first one I had was uh, Lenin did a lot of cool things, but governed in a different way during the revolution. I and mean, I found that confusing, or at least it's a normie take. <laughs> The normie take? Uh, Noam Chomsky take. Well, to me, it's, it felt like it treated it like it was an election. Like it treated the revolution like it was an election. Like, oh, yeah, Biden got elected and now he's governing in a different way. 
than he promised. I mean, the noting that uh, Lenin specifically in State and Revolution, but also like in other works, tended to err more on a decentralizing libertarian, if you will, end of things versus his governing style is an extremely oft-repeated thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I mean, you know, it's superficially, I guess, correct. And his reason for it was the power does corrupt. Yeah, that's stupid. That's just incredibly dumb. The reason for it, among other things, is he, he died in what? 22, 23? Uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, 23, 24, I think. Uh, 23, 24. Uh, January of 24. So that's six, seven years he was in power. Of which... Okay, so that was 17 to 23. Russian Civil War, War with Poland. Um, and I think the thing that's mostly what Vouch is talking about is that basically Eastern Europe did become a bunch of Soviet puppet states under him when he specifically said that he didn't want that. I mean, Vouch is talking about under Lenin, there was a thing called the Red Terror. And yes, there are things that Lenin did that honestly are critiquable. Uh, There's the, you know, formation of a one-party state wasn't necessarily needed as a governing philosophy for whatever 60 years or however long the fucking Soviet Union lasted. You know, you had the Red Terror, you had this, that, and the other thing all occurred under Lenin, technically. And you also had an extremely brutal civil war and you had the White Terror going on at the same time. And it's not fucking power corrupts, it's responding to active situations on the ground, frankly. Yeah, and it, like there was no context to that. What did you think, Bunny? Did you watch it, or what well, do you think of yeah. liberals and anarchists who say that things communists do that are bad is because power corrupts them, which I do feel like is a liberal, or in Vash's case, like a anarchist like retort to be well, like, tanky's bad. Fair. I guess, on like a total superficial level. But what Thou seems to be talking about is, as always, seemingly fixating on people he finds annoying yep. <laughs> in a specific way and then like working backwards from there. Yes. And then extrapolating a whole seemingly mapped out argument against it where he has a very provocative title like it doesn't exist man and then i liked that one reaction that girl did uh and then luna yeah luna and then he was like oh i want to talk to her like she doesn't have have any idea what i even really think and this is what irritates me about this whole like wavelength of people where it's like okay if we don't know what you think in this like fucking 10 minute video or whatever (laughs) you have failed (laughs) like it's not because you're so complex and a fancy high iq boy i'm over it Which kind of gets into the big claim that he makes, which is Marxism-Leninism is a bastard synthesization of two separate ideologies 
that were combined by Stalin and by Stalinists to try to form some cohesive Soviet ideology for political engagement. And he follows that up with like, Stalin sure shit wasn't a Marxist-Leninist, which, and then (laughs) third world revolutionaries are smart, but Western tankies are stupid. And it, it does seem like he formed that first thought only because of the third thought. Yeah. He doesn't like this subgroup of people that are justifiably mean to him sometimes and terrible themselves in other times. Even if I agreed with what he thought, I just hate him because he's like a debate me guy. It's a false premise. We need to stop validating. There's no such thing as a real debate. Even formal debate is not an actual debate exchange of ideas. (laughs) Like there's no objective metric to like, who has a better argument and like who will win this is something that happens in movies you know it's a spectacle the spectacle but also it's just like me particularly i have never been able to publicly talk about or explore what i'm thinking philosophically or politically without some sort of response in no you're wrong and why don't you debate me about this Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being curious what I'm discovering in in whatever I'm discussing, it becomes this very binary thing. Who cares if he even proves himself right in this narrow view of it, quote unquote, not being real? How could this matter to someone who supposedly cares about the important aspects and it doesn't get caught up in silly blah blah blah. And that is one of the things with Vash is the only people who are worse at him than this would be the sort of Amy Therese uh, worker is post left whatever you want to call him. But mm-hmm. he simultaneously purports to be the relatable man against all you fucking weirdos who keep saying the word praxis and not knowing <laughs> what it means. And at the same time, his entire ideology is seeped in this very specific subculture that is so fucking obtuse and abstract and removed from any fucking normal society. Which is kind of the tell when he says that about tankies or Marxist-Leninists, because he, he makes that claim about them. Right, I- which is, to be fair kind of true given the sort of tankies he's talking about and I, I will say like yes there is a very online contingent of tankies that he's discussing but these are other weirdos you're talking about that you encounter online because you don't have any sort of life these are the people you run into because you all are gathered together not doing anything that matters Yeah. Well, and then it's very much this policing of hypotheticals. Well, if you agree with this, then honestly, who gives a shit other than that? They're annoying about tankies online. I know Marlo has a lot of experience with tankies, but have you Mm -hmm. encountered online Marxist-Leninists or even international Marxist-Leninists? Well, yes. I just don't know any that are annoying. <laughs> or I don't, I don't, or I know people who identify as Marxist Leninist. I have people who uh, live and work in China who would identify as personally Marxist Leninist. 
Maoist. Yeah. They would generally call themselves Marxist-Leninist, uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics, etc. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I find interesting... The most interesting comment he made, which I think we can kind of pull the thread out, is he says at one point, it really hammers home how much being a communist is an identity and an aesthetic, which is ironically anti-communist. I have so many thoughts on this, but I'm sure you guys do too, as we are on a communist podcast. The communist identity is... It's a weird lens to look at political engagement through for me because mm-hmm. it's so absent from anywhere but an online space, like in day to day. And I think he's talking about mostly American, but, you know, also European or even some like global South Marxist Leninists or communists. And to me, it, it was weird because shouldn't that be something that's celebrated? By someone like Vouch, who is individualistic in in a certain regard, where he, mm-hmm. like, identity is a thing that is important generally. So why mm-hmm. why is somebody having an identity not important, or why is it something that dismisses somebody? And I think that the key word is like that aesthetic thing, where it's he views it as a vacuous. Mm-hmm. internally contradictory thing therefore it's merely for appearances and can be dismissed out of hand and that's the real chauvinistic kind of thing to tell a whole subculture of people that you know you're going through your goth phase you know you'll you'll get out of this that's, you'll cut your hair one day like who's Vouch's dad right somebody in Vouch's life is this guy who thinks these things are so lame or would be so critical <laughs> this is the sense I get at least and he's trying to he's trying to justify some amorphous figures disdain for people feeling comfortable referring to themselves as as communists as marxist leninists like he's retrofitting it as if it's this intellectual argument i mean that's just what i see uh because i think it's very common i think this idea that you're just saying you're communist or being leftist or whatever to like be cool for a little while while you're a fucking idiot dipshit is a very typical anti-communist propaganda and i think there is a segment of people who see themselves somewhat leftist somewhere on the left but they're uncomfortable with identity with the yeah with identity and we're here to tell you it's okay yeah, it's fine. Also, I just don't think it's that serious. When I refer to myself as communist, you know, it's either to convey a real political ideology or sometimes it is also to be provocative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of that. I know that there's a lot of people I can talk to that if I tell them what I think about things without labeling it as explicitly communist, they're very open to it in a way that they are not open to the idea of communism, they think, you know. So, I mean, this is a real kind of vibe that is out there. Uh, I just don't think it's an important one to validate or try to sort of 
make some Frankenstein approach that pleases the people who are just sort of, you know, they just were num 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 noshing on that anti-commie propaganda. With both Vouch on the one hand and the post left or whatever hand, uh, there's something to be said for the fact that, uh, frankly, socialism and Marxism starts from the notion that for the most part, the vast majority of us are working class and it doesn't really have to do with how much money you have or your social proclivities or whatever. And to spend so much time implicitly separating yourself from the working class by trying to divine mm-hmm. out of the tea leaves what the working class thinks. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck do you ha- think, have motherfucker? Some like, have yeah, some like, have fucking some self-confidence. Fucking... What what made you a socialist? What made you a communist? Like, what, like, what, like why, why are you here? Why wouldn't that work for someone yeah. else? Yes, and he's talked about his identity and, like, how he arrived at libertarian socialism or whatever. But, like, I've heard it mostly about anarchism, that it's a thing that's, like, a phase or an identity Oh, you're going through your anarchist phase. You'll grow up eventually. And it's weird to hear it coming from somebody who who has an identity that's so often dismissed and just projecting that on another subculture or another political identity. The thing that bothered me the most, and this gets into the Luna thing, was the way in which it removed agency and sovereignty from the people who describe themselves as that and Similarly, the nations that describe themselves as Marxist-Leninists. And Luna was very upset. I think she couldn't finish the video because it upset her so much that he would just swipe indiscriminately at a group of people that describe themselves with these traces or signifiers. You know, and it's the one question of who are we addressing and what are we addressing? And there's a kind of conflation, like, The who are these online people he doesn't like arguing against because they're, in his words, reductive or anal retentive or theory nerds or like performative revolutionaries. And on the other hand, it's like, you know, he's addressing also the the theory that these theory nerds and, you know, there's something I think that's like where he's attacking, you know, this ideology, which is... How many nation states consider themselves Marxist-Leninists? At least uh, today, six, seven. yeah. China, uh, North Korea, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, five. Cuba would be six, and then there's like several others I'm forgetting right now. And to say that it doesn't exist is kind of silly. I I mean, I understand his argument, and Marlo, you've gone on about why you agree with the argument for the ideology not Uh, being coherent, but that doesn't mean... Yeah, I reasons why I'm not, I don't call myself a Marxist-Leninist. They're not the reasons Vouch is necessarily saying, but yeah, sure, there's reasons. I I criticize Marxism-Leninism. I'm not a Marxist-Leninist. I'll criticize it, but um, he's really... It's so fucking... Like, his criticisms are just... They don't matter. Well, I mean, it was cool to put together that Vouch doesn't believe in Vietnam. 
Yeah. <laughs> or he thinks like, it's he like, makes... it's like that conspiracy theory that like Iceland or uh, whatever doesn't exist. Oh, uh, that is Finland. Finland, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that, but for Vietnam. I don't know. Is that what he's arguing? He's he's arguing that like Marxism, Leninism isn't coherent more than it is that it doesn't exist. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I would actually categorize his argument as being Marxism, Leninism is alienated ideologically to Marxism or Lenin. It's sort of what he's saying is that like oh well that's not what marx said or what lenin said but then he says like oh there are two separate ideologies that are mashed together so yeah i don't know quite what he's saying because i mean if he's saying like oh stalin invented marxism leninism then I did read some Stalin for this. You know, I did some homework and I found the the quote, Leninism is Marxism of the era of imperialism and the proletarian revolution. Yeah. To be more exact, Leninism is the theory and tactics of the proletarian revolution in general, the theory and tactics of the dictatorship of the proletariat in particular. Marx and Engels pursued their activities in the pre-revolutionary period when developed imperialism did not yet exist in a period of and it goes on and on but it's basically marxism is pre-revolution and lenin is post-revolution i mean from what you said the quote-unquote era of imperialism which is something lenin kind of did identify as this is an emergent development in capitalism that happens since Marx died. And, which, is, um, which is why World War One was called, or Lenin called it the imperialist war. Right. I mean, and also something I tend to disagree with Lenin on, but like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm not going to pretend it's not a coherent theory. It's not my theory, but... uh yeah, I don't know. Also, like, Stalin, frankly, get over your anarchist face, bud. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Like, grow the fuck up, Stalin. That's my one thing with uh, that I like about Bordiga is it's like, yeah, the problem with Stalin isn't that he's too authoritarian. The problem with Stalin is he just wasn't Stalinist enough, really, if you think about it. <laughs> this has been Marla's left comic hour. Well, also, I mean, I, I think it's fair to vouch. I feel like every time I say it, I say it differently. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you know, you don't make fun of me for my vosh pronunciation like you do my <laughs> daria. <laughs> Saying something like Marxist-Leninism is, is Stalinism, basically, uh, is something that sounds true to a lot of dummies. Mm. Marlo's arguing that it is true. It is true. But wasn't that Luna's point? Is that you have other places? Yes, yeah. you do. No, yes, there are <laughs> other things that call themselves Marxism, Leninism that is not Stalinism. Like uh, that's the other side of it. But like Marxism, Leninism that did in fact emerge after Stalin wrote like three different books and was leader of the Soviet Union for years. Uh, it changed somewhat often and was pretty politically expedient for Stalin, more so than it was based off of Marxism and Leninism. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah.
Like, does that mean Ho Chi Minh is a Stalinist? Fucking no, obviously not. Like, and see, the funny part is, well, not the funny part. Marxist Leninists argue, argue that Stalinism doesn't exist. Right, which is stupid. It does exist, <laughs> and like, just call it Stalinism and be okay with that. Like, fine, yeah, socialism in one country. That's a great idea that Stalin came up with. You should run with that. That has a name. It's called Marxism. It's called Stalinism, really. Because guess what? Vietnam never really talked about socialism in one country because it didn't fucking apply to that decade or country. It's almost like it was kind of a thing. So, Marlo, what you're saying is you're siding with the anarchist. On the, you're going through your anarchist phase. Uh, yeah, no, I, because unlike Stalin, I've read a book. But um, <laughs> I, I just, it's like... <sighs> Wait, are you saying Vouch? Unlike Vouch? Well, yes, him too. Both him and Stalin <laughs> have never read a goddamn book in their lives. Um... <laughs> um. Vouch. I don't know. Like, yeah, the, the kind of abandonment I, of internationalism for this fortress protectionism of the so-called socialist state should be seen as an abandonment of Leninism to some degree. Maybe a little bit, considering it's the opposite of what I said. I'm just saying, but... uh you know, sure, yeah, their material conditions changed. Great, whatever. Fuck it. Have fun, kids. I, I still, like, fucking appreciate talking to a Stalinist more than I can talk to someone like Vash. So, what you're saying, Stalin, great leader of Soviet Union or greatest leader <laughs> of Soviet Union? Yeah, he's, he's just a kid who got over his anarchist face. So Stalin never got over his anarchist phase. You're going through your anarchist phase. Stalin and Vouch um, have more in common than either of them care to admit. <laughs> Stalin's ghost is on that Twitch stream all the time. Like, this fucking guy. Well, it's haunting him. His mustache and his little hand wave mm -hmm. and his gulags. Yeah, I, I've always seen anti-communism is always going to be anti-Stalinism in a large portion of the world. And when anybody says, I'm a communist, the response is, well, then you must defend Stalin. There's this kind of uh, the Stalinist superego of capitalism. When capitalism is met with any social democratic reform, the knee-jerk reaction by capitalist is we don't want to be like Stalin. Sounds and, like some gay Tari shit. And that's <laughs> I don't have a pun for Toulouse though, so that's all I got. I thought it was a Fisher thing. Actually that is probably a Fisher thing now that I it was it. whatever. He talked about Stalinism being like this force that, you know, haunts the welfare system of the UK. And any expansion of welfare systems means you're like Stalin. Which is... Dykeloos and Gaetari. <laughs> but I just feel that way watching Vouch. His knee-jerk reaction is to set up tankies as the superego or straw man to argue against in order to say communism isn't real or don't be a communist or don't identify fucking, as a communist. The worst fucking part is they all fucking call me a goddamn tanky. 
Who, who is they? The Jews. I, I don't know. They. <laughs> they. The people. Um, no, like all these fucking bashits, like they always fucking call me a tanky. And here I've been just like being an asshole and saying like actually Vash sort of had said the right thing through incredibly stupid means about Stalin being a shitty theorist. But like, yeah, they always fucking call me a tanky and it, it sucks because I'm not. I'm, I'm fucking revisionist as hell. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm actually the least revisionist. The tankies are the revisionists. But, yeah, like, I, I, I get no love from anyone. I'm a man without a country. A true internationalist. See, Hassan, Hassan Piker is the revisionist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is You're why the orthodox. Yes, yeah, so I'm the orthodox. And Bunny, what are you? I'm a Marianne Williamson socialist. Oh. My favorite part of any uh, DSA meeting is when it's five guys sitting around the table and one woman, and they have something remotely Marxist feminist related that someone <laughs> needs to volunteer for. <laughs> and everyone just looks at the one woman until she invariably volunteers for it. It's great. It happens every time, and it fucking rules. Yeah, I had that experience in the media working group where there wasn't one woman, there was one gender non-conforming person. It just pissed me off because every guy would just come up with their laptop. The Twitter guy showed the stats of the Twitter and the Facebook guy showed the stats of the Facebook. And it'd always be like, there are too many white men. Uh There are too many white men clicking on our links and not (laughs) enough women. And I'm looking around at everyone going, yeah, Hello, what? It is like the joke about, you know, oh, I am nothing kind of thing where where it's just flagellating yourself for the obvious and not, I don't know if it's necessarily something that really needed that much attention other than like a mild acknowledgement that the DSA has a pretty monochromatic gender and racial makeup. uh, For the record, North Brooklyn DSA is fairly diverse, but the media working group certainly is not. Right. (laughs) I'll give them that. Have you been in that position, Bunny, of being the only woman in a sea of white men? (laughs) I I do stand-up comedy, so... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And have you all been talking about socialism and then you're like, Marianne Williamson is my spirit socialist. No, this is, I I mean, like, this is a thing that happens is that if there's something in in a space where this is being discussed, if I say something that deviates from a dude's boundaries of what he considers, like, cool and not cool... (laughs) Mm. to to be considered in a discussion of socialism or politics sometimes i'll get a reaction like they're disappointed in me <laughs> frankly it's not all uh ironic support for marianne williamson sometimes she frames things in a very effective way that deserves to be appreciated if 
you can't see that because you want to believe she's some bitch who sells crystals, which that's how I know someone isn't actually familiar with Marianne Williamson. Because she's never said a goddamn thing about crystals in her entire weird woo-woo career. Uh, certainly, though, I've, I've definitely spent more time in spaces uh, with all white men who are uncomfortable with the idea of socialism than I have gotten credit where credit's due. Um, there's a lot of white guys in DSA and adjacent who, uh, who try very hard <laughs> to um, listen and do their best and etc. So Thank you, Bunny. <laughs> well, I sometimes <laughs> think it's like, it's easy for people to be like, ah, it's just a bunch of white guys fucking with their thumbs up their asses. And like, you know... Some people are trying to do stuff. It's very different vibe uh, to me than like what I experienced way, way back in the day, like Occupy Wall Street, right? Mm. Um, where Occupy Wall Street very quickly turned into this like white guys talking over people being like, the rules are we got to blah, 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 blah. And feeling like the cool things that seemed like could happen were just all dissipated under under that and i don't get that feeling and i think it's i don't know everything's been so volatile and crazy it's easy to forget that uh dsa organizing and membership has grown by like the hundreds of thousands in just like the last five six years something's going somewhere <laughs> you know not to be too like let's look at the bright side guys oh, but oh. But Nobody yeah, should be helpful. But on, but at a certain point, it is irritating, uh, and this is something else that kind of irritates me about uh, Vouch himself is that there's this conflation of misery and intelligence that is a lot of times stupid, like a commitment to overcorrecting into pessimism in order to never be seen as too hopeful or. As, oh, as dumb if the thing you hoped for didn't happen. It's not a framing that gets us to, like, good solutions. It's just sort of uh, a waste of time. So, I don't know. I do think uh, it's important to say... There, there are good ones out there. It's all dudes rock. Yeah, dudes rock. <laughs> but it is fair. Like it'll happen where, like, why are we having this big problem? Why isn't this appealing to women? And blah blah blah. There is a difficulty, like, in the moment to sometimes listen to individual women, <laughs> especially if there are none of them in the room. Yeah, when Marianne was running and everything, that was that was also very revealing because people were very nasty about her presence. I, honestly, it was mostly. I'd say the a lot of liberals who were very uncomfortable with a Marianne Williamson candidacy. I mean, also, I think politics should be fun. <laughs> Something about it should make you feel good. And uh, even when I, you know, she, she kind of said, oh, good job, Joe Biden, on the speech he gave the other night. I ignored it. Um, <laughs> but... She's reliably, in my experience, coming from a place that has similar intentions as I do, ideally. I don't know if it's just that she is a woman. I don't know if it's that she's in this woo-woo space that's kind of more traditionally feminine in some ways. But uh, I think that's a factor, too. Because even a lot of the women who are part of the, the visible left, uh, a lot of them are... Like the fucking Red Scare Girls, <laughs> where they're 
almost showing off their not caring about traditionally feminine things in a way that exceeds the bounds of believability to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like worrying about the welfare of children is like a different thing than thinking women should be getting pregnant. Right. Mm, like, yeah. like Marianne talks a lot about the welfare of children directly. Um, she talks about focusing on their welfare as a good starting point for policy making in general, which is a point I don't disagree with. The United States hates children who are very hostile to them and uh, whatever. And then you have people who call themselves leftists or whatever, but are like weirdly returning to like traditional gender role ideas about, you know, when bitches should get knocked up and shit, mm -hmm. you know, which to me is like goes to a eugenics place. You know, because then we're talking about the right times to reproduce and who should reproduce when and what you can abort a baby in utero if it gets into a either a eugenics or a like weird philosophical pro-lifey debate. Neither yeah. of which address the material needs of children and people. It's the kind of thing where people can be like, oh, fuck Marianne, she's so silly. But she is actually more often talking about the material needs of the most vulnerable among us. So fuck off. <laughs> so I, fuck how I feel. Off. Full disclosure, I am doing a little gig on a new app called Cappuccino where I'm doing like a daily astrology report. So <laughs> 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 well, that's the best way this episode could end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Link in the description, bitches. Yes, please. Join join the app. Uh, <laughs> and and hear like, my... subscribe. That's right. Like, subscribe, follow. Not to this podcast, but to the Cappuccino. Yes, the Cappuccino app. It's a the Al make a mini Cappuccino. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's my plug for this week. You guys got anything else? Where I happen to be at in the Americans, it's getting steamy and exciting. Edge of your seat thriller, everybody. Oh, nice. Great show from eight years ago. <laughs> Our sponsor is whatever show that's almost a decade old that I happen to be watching right now. That's right. That's right. Pinko Kami Sluts, sponsored by the Americans from 2007. I don't know. On FX, on but FX. you can't watch it there. <laughs> you have to watch it on Amazon Prime because FX no longer runs it because the show is old. <laughs> still, It was still on two years ago, I think. I think it's like 2013 to 2018. Something like that. All right, guys. Watch the Americans, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then like let Bunny read your tarot or whatever the fuck. It yeah, is. I'll tell you, you I'll tell you I'll tell you about the planets and what they're doing. And uh it was a new moon last night. So did you set some intentions? <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. And I was basically yeah. no, calling you a swarthy. We got that one. We got that one. All right, bye guys. Bye. Did I cut out again? I've said this before, but I say a lot of stuff online, I get a lot of criticism, which is great. A lot of the people online think that uh, uh, I'm a liberal. A lot of the people 
all the time. together. Yeah.